Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Each week, we bring you the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and insider advice, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's market report. Welcome to the market report. What follows is my thoughts or gut instincts of what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decisions to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 30th of March 2020. Yeah, wow, what a week we've just had. The market is incredibly volatile and unreadable and anyone who says they know what's happening next is not telling the truth. Um, as we speak, the pound is, is has been recovering, although we've just got the news that um, our Prime Minister has actually got COVID-19, so whether that'll have an effect or not, I don't know. So I'll start with feed wheat. Um, that really has moved kind of £10 up and down in a week, depending on how desperate someone is or or how much the, the market's moved on any particular moment. Uh, I would say that you could make, at times, 160x farm for immediate movement wheat. Uh, it's somewhere in the 150s, uh, late 150s x farm uh, for spot and for the following month beyond that. So you'd probably make 160x for June um, at time of recording. So uh, new crop... That's also gone up. Uh, currently, we would value November at 165. The futures are currently around about 172 trading. Uh, they've been uh, higher than that, and they've been lower than that. So, again, it's a kind of uh, pick your moment. What is the key influence? Probably currency, in my mind. Underlyingly, I think, when we have the worst uh, figures in, in the world, which I think is coming in about two weeks, three weeks' time, for deaths and, and such like for uh, for the virus, I think that will weaken the pound at that point. So a weak pound will keep our prices fairly well fueled. The counterbalance is obviously the dramatic reduction in uh, in fuel usage and therefore the dramatic reduction in potential ethanol usage that has very big impact. Um, so corn prices in the world could very well come down on the basis of the fact there is not the demand for ethanol. So that that one is a as a long-term view. I am bearish. Uh, I'm a natural bear. If anyone hasn't worked that out already, I'm not a, a guy who always thinks the price is going to go up. I, I spend my time thinking of all the things that will happen in in, uh, in nature that makes the crop be good and, and, and the price go down. So my natural bearish stance long-term uh, is is kind of comes into play and I think that the crop at the moment is in good nick there's a big Russian crop coming it's a big world crop coming and there isn't any real problems to put pin your hopes on so in the short term however with a very weak currency and all this volatility and craziness I think it's going to stay firm and 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 keep up here but you know stick the pin in the map we've had a number of farmers trade this last week because it's hit prices above where they expected it to get to. So we have had farmers actually moving in the market. But I don't see the market dropping out of bed immediately. That, of course, is the kiss of death. And if it does happen, um, <clears throat> goodness knows why. I'll, I'll, I'll try and work out why next week. Feed barley is worth 130 which is up. So my predictions of get rid of it, get out of your hair, 
Um, it's benefited from a weak currency. There's been a couple of extra boats traded. So there has been some demand. Again, I, I, I wouldn't hang your hat on hoping for much more than that. If you did keep some, sell it. Uh, new crop feed barley, oh, goodness knows. I mean, the, the, the brewing industry has ceased um, or has cut back dramatically. There's a lot of surplus barley that won't be used before harvest. Could well create storage issues for people like us. So we've got to work hard at making sure we have enough space to cope with what comes at us. Will there be a good fluid price for malting barley next year? Doesn't really feel like that at this moment. But if the feed wheat price is trading in the high 160s, where does that put feed barley? If that ends up at 130, then is that such a bad price? I, I it's It's not great. But it isn't a hideous disaster either. So let's hope the pound stays weak for that one. Moving on to oilseed rape, May X Farm 300. By the time this recording goes out, I'm no doubt it will be 10 quid wrong. <laughs> but hey, 300 is the value that I was given a couple of moments ago by Mr. Webster. So finally, um, the outlook for rape. The crop is growing, but it is very clear that it's a very unhealthy looking crop i had a uh, an aerial photo showing the growing condition of the crop in uh, infrared uh, via um, neville chebuck and yeah the middle of the field looks reasonably healthy but there's some very large patches that, that don't look too sharp and another field that really was struggling and i, I think you know on, on my way to work there's some fields that just look no matter how much a a crop of rape can compensate for poor conditions i think there is a trouble with the, the volume of rape that's coming forward we shall see anyway and finally this week we're going to we were going to be interviewing stephen newham from oilseed rape um crush foods limited but obviously we've been told we can't travel and it's not the right thing to do we did look at recording over the phone but i must admit i struggled with it i we we, we had a bit of a chat uh, stephen and i and it just, I, I need reaction from the people I'm talking to. So I'm not, uh, I'm not a proper journalist, as you know. So in the next few weeks, we're going to be sticking to a format of us amongst ourselves, whoever's in, and we're on, on skeleton staff, you know, putting something together as much to kind of portray the mood that we have in our industry and portray our feelings about it. Hopefully none of us, none of us will be taken ill, but, um, we did have a phenomenally good response to last week's episode, which was the four of us having a chat whilst getting cut up on uh, on that lovely slow gin. This week, the people in the office, Ian's just popped in because we, we had something we had to sort out. So I'm going to nab him. Josh is here. There's no one else about. So every now and again, someone will nip off and answer the phone if it rings. Uh, but otherwise, we're going to have a little chat about the world, what it means, and we can check up on whether Webby's actually changed a nappy yet. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Wealth management company Bruin Dolphin has been helping families for many years to accumulate, grow and protect their money to cope with the changing financial climate. Their services range from bespoke investment solutions to retirement planning and tax-efficient investing across their 32 offices. In East Anglia, they have offices in Norwich, Ipswich and Cambridge. If you would like to know more, call Aidan Watts on 01603 733 
300. Or look online for Bruin Dolphin. Capital at risk. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and can change. Bruin Dolphin is authorised and regulated by the FCA. And now it's time for Farm Chat. Right, following on from last week's fabulously funny funny adventures of the Doing Grain crew, um, we're very impromptu this week because there's only three of us here. So at the moment, sitting in on the green sofa is Mr Ian Webster. <laughs> Morning, everyone. And, uh, and then there's me and Josh at the moment on the phone in the other room. So well, it's just me and you, Webby. There's the obvious and most important question of the whole... In fact, the whole world's hanging on this. Has it happened? What? Yeah, I have shaved my head, yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, yes, he has. He's shaved his head. That's a very good move. Well, do you know, I, I will actually blame my daughter for this. It sounds strange. It's a bit like when you get married, you've you know, referred to your wife, and I'm now saying my daughter. It's, it's an yeah. alien concept still. Mm. But anyway, she so she arrived a week early, mm. and in my prepping i was going to go and get a haircut just before like the week before mm-hmm. and i didn't so i missed it so i was a bit wild and woolly so um a couple of nights ago i said like this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go to the barbers i don't think i'm not sure our barbers open probably not i have no idea but um i decided i'd let it's izzy free um, while, yeah i know <laughs> but anyway i took a t- tip out your book and i uh, let izzy loose on my hair and um yeah, it got a bit short in places. Yeah, it's good. That's a good look. I said, obviously, I mean, Henry, uh, my son, has also done the same thing, and he's he's looking a bit like. A I think it's going around a bit. I've got a friend who's got a very dirty, like Mexican tash growing that he's been. Well, let's talk about tashes. Talk about beards and tashes. Now that all the doctors are shaving them off because there's more bacteria in a beard than there is in a dog's coat. I, a rugby mate is a uh, is I think he's a nurse at the. Um, Oh, what's the Yarmouth Hospital? But he had a big, full-on, big ginger beard. Massive thing. And yeah, he, he had to lose it, the whole thing. I think it's because, the re- not the respirators, but the dust of the masks can't um, fully seal you. No, but you've got a lot of... So you're catching things on your face, yeah. aren't you? It's yeah. worming its way in, and eventually you've got yeah. COVID-19 because of your beard. So you've yeah, got a bit of growth all those, all those trendies, all oh, those um, Shoreditch uh, trendies, top-knob top-knot hipsters are um, all going to be clean-shaven then. Well, actually, on the subject of haircuts and people actually shaving it off, we've got Josh, who has got a bit of a crazy thing going on on the top of his, isn't he? He needs to follow my suit, yeah. He needs to do something with it, because it's getting a bit... I mean, I I appreciate mine's probably follicular envy, but it is an outrageous amount of hair on top there, isn't it? I think he's most concerned that he'll probably end up looking more and more like you. Well, I think... I'm going to with these looks. <laughs> Just about got me in trouble every now and again. Anyway, no, no, the real question, Ian, is about nappies. I've been quite busy recently. This, this is back quite... to the politician's answer, isn't it? <laughs> so, so this is what, who's the, um, Pat, Paxman, Paxman. You, oh, Jeremy Paxman. Yeah. 17 questions on the trot yeah. was the same question every Have time. Have you changed a nappy? Have, Have you changed, changed a nappy? nappy? <laughs> Yeah, I think from that response, I'll come out with a clear, decisive no. You haven't. Yeah. Okay. So, what's your plan this week on a board? It's not for lack of trying. <laughs> Izzy's just kind of got in there and um, you know done the business and sorted it out. And uh, yeah, so I haven't yet been summoned. Done the business, sorted yeah. it out. Yeah. Well, if, if listeners, you you know he's on a time, very thin piece of ice, getting thinner. Right. We've got Josh joined us now. Say hello, Josh. Hello, everyone. 
We were just discussing your hair. Yeah. I also said in uh, your absence being in the room that uh, you're probably worried about looking more and more like the old man. <laughs> uh, I have a younger brother who's uh, who's follically challenged. I'm actually pretty safe. Um, yeah, I just look a bit like a tramp at the moment. <laughs> wow, or <old> girl. <laughs> Think of all the money you save on hair product. Yeah, you're right. I'd save a fortune. I mean, so... so um, What's your view on uh, on Webby and nappy changing, Josh? Uh, well, I don't don't have kids, um, but I imagine it's probably quite unfair. I imagine it's quite weighted towards Izzy at the moment, which has got to be kind of annoying. Do you think Ian's done one? You missed whether he'd done one or not. Do you think he's done one yet? Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how old is the baby? She's coming up a month. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's a nice Christmas present. For I've done lo- I have done loads of feeding. I've been doing all the feeding, yeah, all the birth feeding. We had that last week. I'm really doing good at all feeding. that sort of stuff. Yeah, but it's um, you know you haven't got Ben giving you absolute uh, massive you know pressure like last week, but it is it is quite amusing. Yeah, no, I'm getting so I'm getting on the feed. I'm doing the early morning stints, the late night stints. I'm kind of giving Izzy a few opportunities to get some kip. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even even Tessa went webby like that when she listened to recording she even she was shocked she thought you were like you know groovy and modern and a bit gerard butler like gerard butler yeah like that <laughs> i think the new haircut does make me look even more gerard butler like so moving moving on grain trade right we've we've just this is this what what influence will the latest piece of news our, our prime minister we've just literally heard that he's got covid19 I don't know. Will it affect the currency? I mean, really, that's the the only natural thing you'd expect. But um, I don't know. For me, the uh, the the biggest issue at the moment is Donald Trump's sort of like blinkered attitude to it, and I think the dollar is going to take a, a thumping. I mean, yeah. they're they're being termed the epicenter now, and surely that I mean the dollar's been remarkably strong. It has shown a bit of weakness against pound and euro, but that's got to come under pressure. Which wouldn't be great for UK grain prices. Great UK grain prices on the back of that should go down. Well, if where do people put their money if they don't buy the dollar when when equities are? Maybe that that is influx of money into ags, possibly. Well, that's, um, that means it goes up, not down. It's yeah. important. I mean, this it's, market it's has horrible. been. A, yeah. I mean, I, I, I try and explain when you see a market go up seven pounds in one day is an experience that you know it's happened probably three times in the entire time i've been in the industry mm. those movements are, are you can't trade around them farmers think they've been ripped off or they've done a wonderful deal or something because mm. you you traded it either side of that movement yeah yeah either you make a fortune or you lose a fortune but it's not a great way to i would have thought most people are playing it to leg a bit but i don't know how you do confidently try and call it at the moment well farmers i mean you, josh you've been you've seen a few farmers come on and trade this week haven't you yeah i think uh we've seen new crop prices are really aren't bad are they and i haven't i've been in this trade not that long seven years and i remember when i first joined it's 210 pounds a ton and i thought it was the easiest thing to do buying off farm and ever since then it went down and and one thing i have learned is anything over 150 is a decent price and it's well above that right now so I think it's sensible to, to do decent amounts forward. That's one of the best things you've ever said, Josh. That was really quite profound. Wasn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm, I'm so dumb. I'm actually <laughs> wordless. Yeah, okay. I can't argue with that. Let's no. give the mic to Josh. No. Carry on. <laughs> what about malting barley, Josh? Yeah, malting barley. Be drink more beer. I'm trying to encourage. I'm, I've got my brother back at the moment, and Is that the uh, follicly challenge. And, and last, yeah, yeah, the follicly challenge one. Uh, <laughs> last weekend, his girlfriend wasn't here, and he drank every day. And his girlfriend's been here, and it was Thursday night, and he was drinking a green tea with that's, no milk. That's like. Um, like being married, that isn't it? It is. There's no beer. He isn't drinking any beer. So at the weekend, if we ran out of beer, I said that me and my other uh, housemate, we have first dibs because we've been drinking beer all week. So he can't take the best beer at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, but no. Let's let's just on on that one. That is like my advice to you, lads, is obviously marry someone like Tess, and then there's no danger of them having green tea. It'll it'll be wine. <laughs> How are you getting on? Are you managed to get uh, panic, good panic buying wine? Yeah. yeah, all the panic bought wine is gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we we were joking about. I can't remember who I was speaking to yesterday, but um, he said the danger is if you um, close off licenses and stop people getting booze, people will be making their own like moonshine at home. Well, yeah. I'm not saying we are we are Brits as a, have a massive drinking culture, but you know it's. Well, uh, this, listen, you know, I'm sure at the end of all of this, there'll be um, some divorces. There'll be some, you know, working at home is, I mean, I, I haven't been murdered yet, but I think it's a bit of a surprise because Tess, you know, she she has her way of doing things and it isn't quite the same way as my. And that's, so you've got one phone line, no mobile phone signal. The other night when the market was going through the going nuts mm. on the futures. I just did a physical trade, needed the phone to get the futures offset on the other mm. side, yeah. and she was on to her work. Mm. And I said, you know, can I have the phone? I'm on to my work. It's really just as important as yours, you know. <laughs> I said, not five minutes before the close on the futures, it isn't. She's probably going to listen to this and just hear your um, imitation there. Yeah, well, that's, that's a nice one. I, I thought she was in the room, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we all know it's a harsher voice than that. Um, no, I, the point is, she did very kindly cut off and I was able to... But it created a row that, that it wasn't anyone's fault. I had five minutes to it and then could give the phone back and, you know, and, mm. and do nothing for the rest of the day, obviously, like we, us grain mm. traders do. But... It did highlight an issue. We couldn't get... I needed clarity on a trade being done. Yeah. Lots of industries aren't quite the same as that. There hasn't no, quite no. Yeah, got yeah, that yeah. killer moment. I'm also going to scratch a wound here with you as well. It's uh, radio in the background in the office. <sighs> well, I don't... I, look. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I was a lad, right, there, there was a... Don Patterson, Ivan Bishop were, were the supremos of the, the business we worked in. And if they had a radio going in the lab or they had the radio going somewhere in the background... Uh, not Don, but is this a, is this a, he used to use a word. Is it disco? And, and and it was, you know, music in the background was totally unprofessional. I don't like it. I, if if I phone someone and I can hear a radio in the background, it kind of, yeah. it, it not only is it a distraction, but I agree, it's not that professional, is it? Well, I mean, maybe nowadays we're all very modern and groovy and we can do 10 Well, Tessa's business is very trendy, isn't it, in the, the kind of modelling agency world? Yeah, no, so it is, you yeah, can kind so of get away with it. Yeah, okay. So, they, yeah, but, but in a grain trading and a trading and a professional, um, you know, lawyer's office and an accountant's office, you, if you had a radio in the background, it is not professional. 
it's distracting. And if you really try and have a conversation with someone about, you know, I, I did a deal with someone on a large lump of barley last week, and the farmer needed convincing, and I, I was convinced of it, so therefore that's an easier yeah. point. And to have a, you know, the, the have a music in the background was because I, I switched it off was distracting. It just just put yeah. me off. It just it irritated me somewhere subliminally that said. You, you know, this isn't right. Just boom, yeah. I, I, off, I, off I went to the plug and got a rollicking. But yeah, I, I don't like it. And it is a wound because Tess loves it and I hate it. <laughs> I don't mind it. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a fine line, isn't there? In, in Tess's office, they all agree on the radio station. So that's an easy fix. Here, if you had someone that wanted to listen to Radio 4 and someone listened to Radio 1 or LBC, then that LBC. But if you Let's don't have it, there's, that. No, there's no the problem. The pro- Professional Arguers Channel. Yeah, I, yeah, that seems to be the people who like listen to LBC are the ones that don't feel like they have enough arguing throughout the day. So they want to get annoyed before they get to work and they're annoyed on the way home from work. Yeah, they want to, they want to argue. Yeah. They want to hear someone arguing, someone getting upset and, and put down. It is the Arguers Channel. Do you listen to that? No, never heard it. I'm, I'm a Radio 4 or Radio 2 man. Oh, yeah. Talk sport. Oh, talk good. sport. Talk sport's good, yeah. Except there's no sport now. No, but it's still fun. Yeah. How you can deal with that now you've got your Sky package? <laughs> I don't have Sky package. I have Now TV, so I can just drop it whenever I want. But <laughs> that is a good point, actually. Yeah. What life, life has no meaning? Yeah, without sport, it doesn't, does it? Or at the weekends, <laughs> it definitely doesn't. Well, with your girlfriend on a ship in the middle of the wherever, whichever ocean it is at the moment, stuck there until May, poor bugger. I can't go. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel really sorry for her. Um, but yeah, there's there's no pubs open. There's no sport to watch. I feel a bit of a loss at the moment. A load of grockles coming onto the beach on a on a Sunday when they shouldn't be there. That's a good word. I haven't heard that used in a long time. A grockle. Ah. What's a grockle? It's a holiday maker. It's people from other parts of the world coming up to your place of living and. I actually do agree with that. I'm going to start using that term because I've start I've this since we've been in isolation. I've seen more people use the beach than ever before, <laughs> and it's really bugging me. With, with random, really annoying. You you, met, you brought this up. Um, random people walking on land. Yeah, really, really random people like driving on home from work. You, there's a car parked and walking in the middle of someone's field. Is a couple of people. It's like, what are they doing over there? So obviously they shouldn't be there. Yeah, I, 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 six, I've had six or seven cases at least this week. Four from farmers and, and three from friends. And they're just saying that people are just walking wherever they want. And because they feel like they can, because it's now their right to do so. Didn't, didn't Snowdonia, of the first weekend of the lockdown, have its busiest ever weekend? <laughs> yeah. I, what are we dealing with? Like, that's not self-isolation. Well, this, this is the whole crux, isn't it? I mean, COVID-19 is, is obviously the overriding, miserable experience we're all going through. Um, trying to find a light-hearted moment amongst all of that is you talk about anything else but. But, you know, the Prime Minister's yeah. got it. The, probably the entire Cobra team has got it. Um, perhaps they should draft us in as a reserve section of the Cobra team. What do you think? <laughs> Get all the ventilators to Norfolk and then close the A11. And the A14 is pretty slow, and anyway, they'll probably die on the journey coming this way because it's such a long, arduous thing. But how about that for an idea? It's probably one of your finer ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best thing is they normally get cutting room floor when I come up with something brilliant. <laughs> the, uh, looking forward to something, I don't know, I, in the perfect world, and this is a bit of a 
very unrealistic, but this is all kind of, we're through it by the middle of the summer by harvest. And blimey, people will come out in their waves and celebrate it, wouldn't they? Beer, can you imagine the beer gardens? It'd be a hell of a summer. I think that's way too optimistic. It's not. I think it's something to look forward to when it gets really hot. I'm sure by June there'll be, they will allow people outside again, I'm sure. And there'll be a way that people can get to some form of function as long as. I think people as individuals will be more inclined. We're now talking two metres apart, aren't we? Yeah. And you meet people in the street and everyone goes, yeah, and everyone knows. And there's not, not even a joke cracked about it. Now you just stand. Yeah, you do, yeah. yeah. Um, in saying that, I saw a couple of women having a chat on the side of the road. And uh, they were two metres apart. But one of them was upwind from the other one. Okay. It's just a little, stupid little thing. But if you're yeah. standing downwind from someone, then their, their gob is going to land on you, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to just position yourself yeah. so you're not downwind from someone. Can you imagine what it's like for the uh, the hard of hearing at the moment? Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> God, the puns are rolling this morning, aren't they? What about it? Oh, you no, mean you know, <laughs> well, the ones that lean lean right in, you know, because yeah. they can't hear a thing, and it's like that's even more isolation. Well, there's, you know, we all know someone that gets really close in your personal space. At least now they can't do that. Yeah, well, there's there is the odd person who does come a little bit too close. There's some that you don't mind coming a bit too close as well. <laughs> that's all out the window as well. <clears throat> no, I, I it's. Yeah. You know, the, we're, we, the world has changed. So in your, in your beer garden, everyone is going to have more space. Mm. And and supermarket people on the checkouts, they will have protection. Like, Josh is going to rush. You know, it's, it's taken this long for the phone to ring. That's exciting. <laughs> so we've lost him for a minute. Yeah, we will all be different about that. Our world's going to be different. We will uh, react to things. I, we spoke about this this morning, but in terms of people's habits talking about the high street weren't we there's a generation i'd probably say your generation that have been not critical but haven't used sort of amazon and all the mail order or the delivery services and have been using the high street rightly but now they've been isolated at home using all these services coming out the back of it i think they'll probably realize how easy it is to use and will be another nail in the coffin for the high street unfortunately i think yeah you're right I'll still go to Jowls though, and there'll still be a shop there, and I'll still go and buy shirts yeah. in there. And I won't. I, I'm not going to go and I, I will not buy from Amazon until they pay their taxes. Uh, absolutely, this you know of all of this, the companies will do really well. With the tax needs to come from somewhere to pay for these multi-trillion billion pound things mm. that are going on. It's going to come out of tax. Everyone's got to pay their tax. And if it's yeah. an American company like Starbucks, like Amazon. Yeah. Cheating. Fortune Amazon must be having an absolute bonanza time at the moment now, I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They really are nailing it. But I was talking to um, one of our brokers yesterday, and he was basically suggesting, which I completely agree with, that hopefully it's all made people shop locally. Because your local butchers and greengrocers are actually the ones that are really fighting. I mean, of course, Tesco's and Sainsbury's are, but um, they're really doing well and they're getting a lot of business. And I think it's really important after this that we continue to, everyone supports them. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. So local provenance of food, those things. You know, Crush, who we were going to talk to today, Steve. Stephen was on and we decided not to go ahead with the, the, the phone line thing. They're doing stuff, online deliveries, Crush Foods. Mm. You can get online, look at that, and, and they will deliver stuff to you now mm. because it's, they've got to keep their business going. But one would hope, post-apocalypse, 
there will be an opportunity for people to say, I like this system, but I want to buy off local people. We want to have yeah, local yeah. Yeah. hubs. One of, the, one of the other things, you know, you, you, the social distancing thing, one of the things about your little bubba, Webby, yeah. is that normally you bring your baby somewhere and every person grabs hold of it and, oh, let me hold the baby. That is only going to know you two. And that's an issue, you know. Because they need to kind of have that social... Yeah, I suppose, yeah. You know, yeah. who's the strange bald bloke holding them? You know, what's all this yeah, about? I think sense. I'll start crying now. Um, you know, that it's, it's, it's going to be... It's, it's, there's lots of things have changed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, vast. And yeah. Do you, and, I, hadn't, and, I hadn't considered that sort of things, but yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, talking about the other thing, the, the, the change that bringing it back to our industry... Will farming, will farmers change? Not, not through COVID, will it? No. Will the grain trade? I think so. So what's, what? Well, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're all been shelled up at home, haven't we? And we've been working from home. Will the kind of workplace, home, yeah. you know, office dynamic change? Maybe, maybe. I was talking to a friend who worked for um, quite a big firm and they have a lot of people in their office and their bosses are very sceptical on people working from home. But I think this now, as long as people can prove they're working and being efficient, could um, cull a few myths and office space might change, get smaller. I still don't think there's a um, a replacement for a good old-fashioned like sitting in a trading office and getting ideas and, and having those conversations. And, you know, you have... Um, I'll say ears and eyes in the back of your head. You, you do pick up stuff subliminally through hearing other people's conversations, yeah. which is healthy, which you miss from being at home. But some of the administration, we've done it from home. I've yeah. talked to farmers. I've booked up barley. I've sold the barley. I've mm. I've put the contracts yeah. on from home. They've gone onto the system. I don't need to be here. I th- <clears throat> I think there is, yeah. you know, people who've got a much bigger overhead than us are going to be looking at this, going, "Hang on a minute." We could. We, what, do I need that office? I mean, this is this is the high street issue. Do I yeah. need that big office in the middle of, this, of London? Maybe. Yeah. Will Will Londoners be moving out and, and saying, "I don't want to be in the hub of the, you know, the disease centre at the moment"? Is yeah. where it is. I want to live somewhere healthy. I've got a family. I'm going to bring up. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it from a hub. Potentially. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I think that is the big. Well, I mean, technology. I mean. <clears throat> With technology now and with apps, I mean, if you're going back to before smartphones and the conferencing facilities that we've all got, I mean, we've all downloaded House Party, haven't we? Have yeah, a, yeah. Have a nine o'clock in the morning um, conference circle. I did actually, um, this did make me laugh a little bit. One of my mates has this with his business and they all dress up in fancy dress for their nine <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> one of them, I saw a picture of one oh, of them dressed ben, as Ali G. <laughs> ben was dressed up a bit funny today, wasn't he, I thought? <laughs> The funny, we had, we, had, we had our first conference call and Ben was all being very, really grown up as usual. Right, right, back to work, back to work. Now, back, you know, this, so the rest of us are larking around a little. And, and so he's being very grown up, which is great. And thanks, Ben. But then his two little boys came in the background, appearing <laughs> over his shoulder and waving at us. <laughs> it just yeah. smashed the illusion, didn't it? it? Does, yeah. Anyway, so our plan is to um, continue to brighten your week with our fabulously funny podcast and try and give you a reflection of what's going on. And, um, yeah, there's some utterly terrible things occurring, and we don't wish Boris Johnson COVID-19 or any of the crew that he's working with, and we sincerely hope that Mr Dyson can deliver 10,000 ventilators in two weeks. In the meantime, all of you stay safe. Yeah, we hope you're still listening in six weeks' time, and we hope we're still delivering the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Dew and Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, we can supply you with the best strategies to help you achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Call now on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. We are at dewinggrain. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by Tinshed Productions in conjunction with East Coast Design Studio. 